0: In the last video, I discussed a personal balance sheet and what illiquidity or what insolvency means. And if you understood that, I think we're now ready to tackle what a balance sheet of some of these potentially troubled banks might look like. And I'm not going to you know, go into the details, but I'm going to give you the big picture. And I think that's, that's essentially what, what matters. So essentially, these banks, they have a bunch of assets. And I'm going to talk about banks very generally right now, both commercial and investment banks. in a future video I'll tell you the difference between the two and what regulation means and what leverage means and all of that. Maybe I'll touch on that in this video. but let's just kind of think about a generic balance sheet for a bank so it's assets so assets. So I don't know I'm just going to make up some things. Um, let's say that it has, I don't know one billion. One billion in government bonds, U.S. government bonds. I'm just throwing that in there, just as kind of filler, just to show you that there could be a lot of different types of assets in there. Let's say that they, it has another—I don't know—ten billion in AAA corporate bonds. So you know, these are these are loans to really solvent or or really um, high credit or very credit-worthy companies. So AAA corporate bonds. So. Companies that have really good cash flows, uh, there's very little chance of them defaulting on their, on their, uh, on their loans. So, and what is a bond? Well, a bond is just a loan to another entity, right? If, 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 uh, if you loan me money, I could give you an IOU right saying that sal owes you whatever 10 dollars and that iou you could call that a sal bond so you know 1 billion dollars of government bonds that's an asset that says the government owes me a billion dollars and in the meantime it's going to pay me interest similarly corporate bonds that's saying that you know these corporations whoever these bonds are issued by, they owe me collectively $10 billion. And in the meantime, they're going to pay me interest. So that's all it is. And all an asset is is something that has some future economic value. And that's what these are. These bonds have some future economic value. They have the value of the interest payments, plus eventually they're going to pay you the $10 billion back. Or maybe there's something less than that. So the $10 billion is the interest payments, plus what they're going to pay you back, which might be, I don't know, 9900000000 billion. I'm making up numbers. But that's not the issue here. What's the 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 crux of the issue is that there's this stinky asset here i actually let me, let me let me let me draw a couple of more assets here just to show you that this is the stinkiest of them all so let's say i have another uh another group of assets i don't know let's say it's um let's say it's i uh, let's say i have a 10 billion dollars of commercial mortgages commercial mortgages so this is essentially, I lent money to um, companies to you know buy land, or develop land, or buy buildings that they're going to go rent out to other people. So once again, it's just a loan to someone else. And a loan to someone else that I've given is an asset, because they owe me interest, and eventually they're going to have to pay the money back to me. And then finally, I'm going to throw, and I'm not being comprehensive here, I'm going to throw uh, the the crux of the issue here, let's say that I have Let me see, I have 21 right now. Let me just make it an even number. Let's say that I have $4 billion, so it all adds up to 25. I have $4 billion in residential CDOs, collateralized debt obligations. Residential CDOs. And I've done a video on CDOs, but just to kind of have a review. CDOs are a derivative instrument. And I know that sounds complicated, but that just means they're derived from another instrument, which probably, you know, that's a sign that the stink is starting to emerge from this part of the balance sheet. What does it mean, derivative? Well, you take a bunch of mortgages. So I'll just draw it down here. You take a bunch of mortgages. So, you know, these are house mortgages. Maybe you take a million of them. You group them all together, and you end up with a mortgage-backed security mortgage backed security all a mortgage backed security is is a loan to a ton of a, a, a big group of people and you put them all together so that you can kind of you know be able to to statistically give it properties because if you lend to any one person that's hard to trade but if you lend to a bunch of people you can it starts to become something that you could trade with other people because they can understand it and you know in aggregate you can say oh, 8% of the people are going to default and all of that but anyway that this isn't the crux of it either i have a whole video on mortgage backed securities CDOs collateralized debt obligations are derived from mortgage-backed securities, and that's why they are called derivative instruments. What CDOs are, you take these mortgage-backed securities, you know that they're loans to some people in some region of the country or maybe they're they're diversified across regions, and you slice and dice them. So what you do is, you slice them into tranches, and I go into a lot more detail on this in the other videos, right? And you say, This group of the CDOs, they'll get the first payments, or if if any payments that go immediately go to this very senior tranche, right? And then the next payments go to this one, and then this top tranche, you could call it the most junior tranche, it's sometimes called the equity tranche. This tranche, they're going to get whatever's left over. So if everyone pays, they get made whole, but if a lot of people default, all the defaults are going to hit this tranche. Right? And to kind of make up the fact that this is the riskiest tranche, or essentially these people are taking on all of the risk, and or essentially these tranches are giving all of the risk to this tranche. And a tranche is just a layer. It's just a slice. OK, I, I don't want to use too fancy words. But in return for taking on all of the risk, this person's going to get a higher yield. So you know, while this person might be getting 6%, this person might be getting 7% on their money, maybe this person gets 12% on their money. And this is another interesting thing. Because this person is the most secure, the ratings agency, which I'll probably do a whole nother series of videos on, they might give it a like I don't know, a triple A rating. And maybe they give this tranche I don't I'm making up things, but maybe they give it a double A rating. But this equity tranche it'll get a junkier rating. And because it's a junkier rating, no one is gonna want to buy it. So the person who constructed this whole uh collateralized debt obligation, and who sold these tranches to the the public markets. And this process, by the way, is called securitization, because you're creating securities out of these assets that you sell to everyone, maybe the Chinese or or whoever sovereign wealth funds. But people only want to buy these tranches. So the banks have to figure out what to do with this tranche, which is the stinky equity tranche. So most of them just kept it on their balance sheet. They said, oh, it looks like housing never goes down. We get a really high yield on this. So we are going to keep this tranche for ourselves. And that's what these residential CDOs are that are, that are the crux of the issue. But anyway, that was just an aside. And so I, I wanted to show you this, because these aren't just any residential CDOs. These aren't the AAAs. These, they, they might be some of them, but just for the sake of our argument, let's say that these are junky ones or smelly smelly. So anyway, that's my example bank asset, the asset side of its balance sheet. Let's let's think about its liabilities. So liabilities. Liabilities. Well, let's just say it has a bunch of loans, right? So let's say it has loan A. Loan A for, I don't know, 10 billion dollars. And let me let me th- actually throw some cash in here. Let's say it has a billion dollars of cash. A bank always has to keep some cash, just in case someone asks for their money right immediately. That's in the context of a commercial bank. But anyway, let's say it has some cash just for immediate liquidity needs. So, and the liability side has loan A. It owns someone. It owes someone 10 billion dollars. It has loan B. I don't know. Let's say it's another 10 billion dollars. And let's say it has loan C. Loan C is. Just to make it interesting, loan C, is let's say it's for $3 billion. So in this example right now, if we assume that all of these asset values are correct and all of these liability values are correct, what is this bank's equity? And in this case, if it's a publicly traded company, what is its shareholders' equity? Let's figure it out. Its equity. Well, its assets are 1 plus, let's see, 21, 25, 26 billion in assets, right? and its liabilities are 23 billion. So 26 billion of assets minus 23 billion of liabilities means that we have 3 billion. Of equity, of shareholders' equity, and just to make it clear, what this equity is. Let's say this is a publicly traded company. If you own a share of the company, you own a share of this equity. So let's actually let's just write it out. Let's say that this company has, um, you know, let's call this, um, I don't know, Yakovia Bank. Well, I shouldn't. That's too close. Let's just call this Bank A, right? And let's say that Bank A, Bank A has I don't know, let me make up something. Let's say that it has a I don't know, a billion let's say it has five hundred million shares. Five hundred million shares. Right? If you go into Yahoo Finance, you said how many shares are outstanding, it has five hundred million shares. So each share price, or the book value of each share price, essentially should be this three billion dollars of equity based on the balance sheet, and that's why they call it book equity, because the balance sheet it's often called the company's books. So it's this three billion dollars of equity divided by the number of shares. So each share should be worth, let's see, three billion divided by 500 million. It should be six dollars of book equity, book equity equity per share. And that's something important to realize cuz a lot of people think that you know if a stock price goes to zero that you know that means that you're getting the company for nothing. No, that's not true. That just means that the equity is worth zero. And I just realized that I'm out of time. I'm going to continue this in the next video and, and we'll explore this a little bit more. See you soon.